Okay, perfect. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Awesome. Great. I have my husband with his fancy headphones listening in during the recording session. Cool. Awesome. Very official. Very official. That sounds great. Um, okay. Uh, well, um, I'm ready to get started uh, whenever you guys are. Yes, we're ready. Okay, great. Um, so, uh, Hi everyone, I'm Josh McCormick, and this is Salute Talks. Last week, we began a discussion on how people across the country are experiencing new levels of anxiety and depression amid this global pandemic. Unique stressors, such as sheltering in place or experiencing new financial struggles, are causing issues in most homes throughout the U.S. While these problems might not be resolved in the near future, as civic and business leaders deal with the consequences of this outbreak, it is essential that Latinos and all Americans find ways to battle back against these mental health complications. Dr. Sarah Knekel, a nurse practitioner and assistant professor in the School of Nursing at UTL San Antonio, returns to discuss how mental health should not be stigmatized and how we all can practice wellness techniques. One question that I have also something that you'd mentioned, um, especially concerning long-term mental health problems. Maybe for some folks, this crisis is a trigger that starts to pump some of those higher levels of stress or depression into their system. But, you know, eventually this crisis will be addressed. Our healthcare workers, such as yourself, are working tirelessly to stop the spread of this outbreak. But once it does stop, we're all going to have to move on from here. So could you explain how anxiety can affect our health when it goes unaddressed and why it's important that folks are staying mindful in this time to be on the lookout for some of these issues? Yeah, Josh, I think it's it's important for us to think not only about situational stress, but anxiety, like you're talking about. When anxiety goes unaddressed for long periods of time, it can start to cause diseases and disorders that are the chronic health problems that we see in America. So like diabetes, when our body is in a constant state of stress, it causes our liver to produce sugar. And this is the sugar that's you know, our body's making to try to handle this battle, the stress that it's in, but um, it's really just because of the stress, and this is what causes the type 2 diabetes in some situations. And also with high blood pressure and heart disease, with stress, the heart and the circulatory system, they spend a lot of time in overdrive, so that causes the heart problems. And even with weight and with obesity, all these high levels of cortisol, they make you crave sugar and they make you crave fatty foods. So then you start to gain weight. So um, stress does negatively affect us and it affects our immune system. Then we can get sick um, or also even like heartburn and not to mention serious problems like cancers have been associated with stress. Yeah, taking that idea of letting mental health issues go unaddressed, can you kind of take that same question and explain how these issues can impact our relationships, our ability to work, all these things that make our life be something that we're happy to pursue. Yeah, Josh. So um, with anxiety, if it does go unaddressed, it does affect our our relationships or even in our work, it, it does have ramifications. So for example, 
people with anxiety, many times they can become easily annoyed or they can get irritable. So if you can imagine, this would be hard on a wife. If your husband has anxiety, maybe he's going to easily snap at you and maybe he's going to become angry. Or um, also people that have anxiety, many times they're not able to stop worrying or, or they have trouble relaxing. So it would be hard on the wife. If the husband, you know, is like Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh, and he always has this gloomy outlook on life. So um, I think it's necessary for all of us in the family to be mindful of mental health stigma so that we can really be cognizant of how these symptoms present and affect our day-to-day life, whether it be a family member of ours that maybe also need help. But yeah, like you're saying, with work, people that struggle with anxiety, it can affect their ability to concentrate, or maybe they aren't able to make decisions as quickly, or it affects their ability to, um, to make judgment calls. So this would affect their productivity. Um, so all this to say, um, people that struggle with a chronic anxiety or that have these issues going on for long term, it affects every aspect of their life. Hmm. Well, I think that something that we've been discussing this whole conversation has been, can crises such as these, I'm thinking of World War II, the Great Depression, 9-11, can these kind of events cause huge numbers of the population to experience mental health issues that will, you know, need addressing later on? Yeah, that's it's good. And you know, Josh, I think it's always important for us to look back in history and look back and see what happened um, in prior crises and events. So um, it is a good question. But as I think about the answer, it's really not easy to answer one way or the other, because you see, catastrophic events, they can have a negative or a positive impact on our society. Like the catastrophic event that Um, people experienced during 9-11, how the people um, drew closer in the community in New York City. You know, people in New York City, typically they go on their own life. They're very, you know, individualistic. But 9-11 really did draw that community together. But um, catastrophic events also have negative effects, like the people that are the first responders that were there at the 9-11 scene you know, they underwent some serious trauma. And if that trauma does go unaddressed, I'm sure they would struggle later with, with uh, mental health issues, with post-traumatic stress disorder. They can have some serious negative ramifications. But Josh, I do think sometimes catastrophic events can help us to become more in touch with our humanity and with our emotions. So I think these events can help us realize what our priorities should be and draw closer to one another and remind us that we're not only body, but that we are mind and spirit. And I think it's important for us to always think about ways that we can find joy or find love and ways that we can be driven to something greater than us. Personally, I call that God, but somebody else may call it something different. And in all the world's religions, like Christianity or Judaism, the Muslim religion, even the Buddhist religion, 
through our belief in God, it does help us tap into a source of strength when we're going through these difficulties. And I think it's important and, and helpful to incorporate meditation or prayer or to reconnect with our church community, even if it is just virtually. But it can be a great encouragement for people during a time like this. So as I think about these catastrophic events like COVID-19, I do hope that it's a great awakening that can help us under pressure to really adjust our priorities so that our priorities can be in line with what really matters in life. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that all of us, especially being in, in the home so much right now, I am very extroverted. And I, I know that I find myself realizing how often I took my experiences, my relationships, just being in a room with someone for granted. So in that vein of how people can continue to practice staying sane in these times, how can folks also practice mindfulness and in other ways trying to stay calm uh, during this crisis? Yeah, Josh, um, mindfulness is a strategy that helps people relax. And I think that one of the reasons that are in, in our society we're all running around stressed and even before the COVID-19, is that we don't really know how to relax. So let me explain to you about mindfulness. The goal of mindfulness is for us to become more intentionally focused and to um, really try to be in the moment and to experience what's happening currently. So try to really be aware of what am I thinking or what am I feeling right now? And the second part of mindfulness is to try to maintain an attitude of openness or try to be more accepting or curious about what's happening. So with the second part, instead of us trying to um, negatively process how our experiences are affecting us, to try to maintain an attitude of acceptance. So um, mindfulness is a really helpful tool for people to be conscientious or even to learn about to help them as they do deal with stress and help them learn how to relax. But I can give you an example just to help process some of how you practice mindfulness. So let me tell you about a lady named Laura. She had plans to meet her friend for lunch, and this was prior to the COVID physical isolation. Um, but she woke up with a horrible migraine headache that day. So she begins to think thoughts like, um, this always happens to me when I make plans, or this headache is never gonna go away, or I shouldn't have to deal with this. Now my day is completely ruined. So as you can see, the result of this negative, irrational self-talk could cause her really to become very disappointed or frustrated, or maybe she would get angry. And these symptoms that we're discussing with all these stress symptoms, if she has these thought processes, it would over time affect her. So with mindfulness, you can examine this stressful situation. And maybe Laura could reflect differently on her situation. Maybe she could start thinking, I'm having a migraine headache and I hate that this is happening to me on this day that I had plans. I should take some ibuprofen. Maybe I can listen to some relaxing music and rest. I should call my friend, change my plans, but maybe she can come over and have tea this afternoon when I'm feeling better. So Josh, as you can imagine, this situation it can lead to disappointment or feeling really upset, but with mindfulness, 
It can also help us to be more aware and to identify our stressors, but then to choose a more helpful response so that we can gain control over our thought process. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Rosalie Aguilar, Project Coordinator of Salud America. As an organization, our mission is to help create a culture of health equity for Latinos. We work toward this goal through countless hours of research, writing, editing, and producing. If you believe in what we're doing and want to support that work, please consider donating to our cause at salud.to backslash donate. Thank you. Hi, this is Rebecca Jones, Assistant Director of the Institute for Health Promotion Research. Our organization serves as a research powerhouse that fuels Salute America's content. Here at the IHPR, we investigate the current state of health inequities in America and how that impacts the Latino community. Our research investigates cancer, chronic disease, and other health disparities among Latinos in South Texas and beyond. To learn more about the IHPR and our work, visit salute.to backslash IHPR. Thanks. What are some other practices, you know, you'd mentioned calling your friend, listening to music and relaxing, taking some ibuprofen. Um, What are some other, you know, actual tangible exercises that people can implement that help in this mindfulness effort? Well, it's funny. I suppose we should all be aware of our technology and even apps. There's so many good apps. So I think that I should mention a few of the apps that are helpful with mindfulness. There's an app. It's called Calm. C-A-L-M, or another app is called Headspace, and they can help people to be more engaged or more present and to just learn more tools to overcome stress. So why do you feel, in your opinion, why is it more important now more than ever, more than, you know, for some of us even in my lifetime, for folks to take their mental health seriously? Do people have a societal responsibility to take care of their mental health and take care of themselves. Yeah, Josh, I think now with the COVID-19, it's, it is very important for us to take mental health seriously. You see, the people, they need to be mindful and it's okay to be aware of your own fears and your anxieties. And it's okay to be mindful of the things that are causing you to worry and to take these thoughts seriously. However, Josh, what we also need to be very aware of is to contrast these catastrophic fantasies. We, um, the fact that a person next to me is experiencing a cough doesn't mean that they have the virus. And, or the fact that I see on the news that people in Spain, a lot of them are dying, it doesn't mean that in my neighborhood that they're bringing corpses outside. So with this COVID-19, I think... Um, there is a lot we don't know, but there are also things that we do know. And I think also encouraging people to be aware of reliable sources of information for the COVID-19 is important so that we don't start having catastrophic fantasies. So I think for health advice and with the COVID-19, going for um, information here locally in San Antonio, the Metropolitan Health District has information or nationally, the Center for Disease Control has information. And 
Well, you know, sometimes we should be aware of what's causing our stresses and triggering our mental health problems. And maybe it's the news. You know, maybe people should turn off the news and, and stop reading all these emails that are coming in about the COVID-19 and try to think of ways that they can distract themselves. Maybe they can start a new hobby or, or call your mom on the phone. So by each of us caring for ourselves, even while we're practicing social distancing, um, I think we really do need to all be aware of how together we can stop this global pandemic by decreasing the spread of the germs and how we can find creative ways to still stay connected in our community and creative ways to use technology to our advantage. So I do want to encourage our listeners, Josh, truly of the importance of staying connected, but also of expressing your emotions and um, being aware of how people are feeling and also to not to stigmatize mental health issues so that we all as a community can be stronger together. Dr. Knekel, you know, based on this, identifying these sort of conditions or struggles um, that this conversation that we've been having, what are some tangible ways that folks who might be sitting in their house right now listening to this and they're thinking, I don't know, maybe I'm struggling with it. What are a couple ways that they can identify if maybe they need to get help or they need to talk to somebody, a loved one, a friend about what they're going through? Yeah. Well, I think, um, Josh, as people are trying to process if they need to get help, um, I think, well, honestly, uh, reflective journaling or writing on a paper, some of the thoughts people are experiencing, is a good way to process our emotions, to be aware of how our, we're feeling or what we're worried about or um, how we're processing things. So first, I think self-reflection is always important. Um, but also, it is good to be mindful of the duration of these symptoms. You know, if today or this week I'm having a bad week and I'm worried and I'm stressed and I'm feeling sad and, and maybe things aren't ideal, maybe financially we're struggling, you know, these um, issues usually do resolve and um, they get better with time. So I would encourage our listeners to seek out their support network and their family to just stay in community. But when it does continue for, you know, a month, for a few months, when you find that things are getting worse, that they're not improving, I think that is an indication that it may be time to seek professional help. I think people should be aware that um, their thoughts and their emotions and these fears they're having, they may be an indication of a mental health illness. And seeking the professional, going to your primary care provider and um, discussing your symptoms would be an important step to take so that you can get the appropriate help you need if it is the case. From that perspective of practicing mindfulness, could you provide kind of a, a, a call to action for listeners on why it's so important to not only practice mindfulness themselves, but um, kind of open up this conversation so everyone feels comfortable practicing mindfulness in hopes of you know, discouraging the stigma around mental health and everyone can, you know, be mentally healthy. 
Yeah, I think my call to action with practicing mindfulness or trying to find ways to relax is first for all of us to acknowledge when we're stressed and for all of us to acknowledge that we all need to have ways to relax. And I think mindfulness is a really good tool and it's, um, it's shown to be effective at helping people to, to really be aware of their negative self-talk and try to channel those thoughts and try to, well, channel the way they're thinking and to think of things in a little bit more accurate way. But I think also with stress and um, with the problem we have in our society of not being able to relax, that it is important for us all to think about other ways we can relax, right? So going outside, enjoying a good walk or, or exercise, physical activity, exercise are very important for stress reduction. Or even reading a good book or, or journaling or obviously staying in good communication with your friends or or finding the hobbies that you enjoy. I think mindfulness is one tool, but there's really other ways that people can find pleasure and find ways of learning to relax. Thanks to Dr. Knekel for joining us in today's discussion. To learn more about her and her work, visit this episode's webpage at salute.to slash talks. Salute Talks is produced by Josh McCormick and the media team at Salute America. It is executive produced by Dr. Amelie Ramirez. The music heard on this podcast is produced by Bonus Points. Find Salute America online at salute-america.org. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and other social platforms at Salute America. Watch our award-winning videos on YouTube by visiting salute.to slash video. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen. Thanks for listening, and as always, we hope you enjoyed.